your flight got canceled, your water pipe burst, your best client quit on you, your kid's partner is leaving him or her, your mom broke her hip, your vacation spot was swept into the sea, the radiator in your car blew. Hi, I'm Cam, holistic health coach, mom to two humans and four pets. Hi, I'm Amelia, laboratory scientist by day and food scientist by night. Welcome to our show. Join us as we share our holistic approach to life after 50. You can expect real life stories with a dash of humor and a ton of truth. If it happens in midlife, we're going to talk about it. So hit that subscribe button and follow along. We're the Midlife Mamas. Amelia, what in the heck happened to you this week? <laughs> I know, I know. It was a crazy week, Cam. Um, we did talk offline about this, which sparked this uh, episode, the need to pivot. And sometimes pivoting in midlife feels a little bit scarier. I feel like uh, for me, my bandwidth is a little shorter. But here's what happened. I was traveling for work and I was only supposed to be in the city one night. And I had a couple of hours to kill before my return turn flight home and I'm get go to get my nails done. I thought, oh, that'll be really relaxing. I'm sitting in the chair and I get a text, bing, your flight is canceled. And so I, you know, my heart rate started to, re- to race. I immediately started to panic and I thought, what is happening? Like, what do I do now? So yeah. it's our conversation <laughs> about pivoting in midlife. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do when poop hits the fan? That's what we're going to talk about today. And yeah. So anyway, cortisol does so many not good things to our body. Cortisol is part of our life. So when we are stressed out, how we recover from stress is investing in your health. That is definitely true. Cortisol is actually the longevity hormone, if you will, because in, in an emergency, how do you respond? Are you able to respond? If you don't have any cortisol on board, you're not going to be able to respond. <laughs> so we're talking about how do you get out of that? So when things go wrong, how do you pivot and make the most of it and also keep your health? <laughs> Absolutely. And I was front and center for this, Cam, and I feel like all the talk we've done, all of the good health habits that I have built into my life has helped. So as I'm sitting there kind of not able to do anything, the first thing is don't panic because Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, you know, if it's truly an emergency, you might have to act quickly. But when it's things like a canceled flight, the first thing is don't panic. And so how physiologically could I not panic? And the first thing is I was like, okay, slow down your breathing, nice, easy inhales and exhales of equal length. So that was the first thing I did was keep telling myself, it's okay, you're not going to get stuck in this strange city forever and just control the breathing. So those were the first things. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, woohoo, this is an adventure. It wasn't that. Wasn't your, (laughs) that wasn't your first thought. (laughs) No. And you know, gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up because maybe that's some people's reaction when they have a canceled flight. It definitely was not mine. Yeah. I, I used to be like when things would get under my skin really easily. And I think today, the person I am today would be like, woohoo, this is an adventure. Thanks, God, for planning it. Wow. <laughs> you are really advanced. I, I wasn't able to do that, but I was able to stay present and in the moment, which was helpful also. Yeah. And plus you got your nails done. Were they beautiful? <laughs> yeah, they look really good. I was trying to kill two birds with one stone because I'm going to a wedding next weekend. And I thought, oh, I've got to do this anyway. So I've got time. So I'll do it. 
Yeah. So staying present was good. And then thinking about what's gone right. So how tell us about that process for you. So, I mean, just kind of, and this was almost like a fast reel of my life for the last, you know, 10 years of all the things that have gone right with regard to I've always survived. Like it's always been okay. And I got to this city that's not my own safely and I will get home. I've just got to figure out what the next step is. So just realizing I am safe. I am well, cool and dry since it's summertime, but I don't have any real threat to my personal safety. And so just realizing that that in itself is a good thing helped a lot. Yeah. And your hubby was home so he could feed the dog and like all that was taken care of. Right. Right, Exactly. Right. Yeah. And just trusting that this is your journey and this is the adventure that you're supposed to be on at the moment (laughs) and just roll with it. (laughs) Right. And that's such an advanced and mature attitude. And I just applaud you so much for being like that. I'm having to learn it on the fly. And business travel is a good place to teach me this lesson right now. Well, travel in general is interesting these days. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's a whole another story. You had trouble getting to your destination. I, did. I actually <laughs> did. So the day I left, um, I wasn't going to, these connecting flights, they were like, you're not going to, they offered me another travel date actually. And I was like, well, I'll miss the meeting. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I literally had to rebook at the last minute, the outgoing flight. Once I got there, I was like, oh, I can breathe easy now. Not so much. So this was, this all around was a very trying experience, but it ended up fine. And I had a great business meeting. So that was good. Yeah. And so you spent an extra night in the place you were at your meeting. Is that yep, true? I sure did. Mm-hmm. And the the hotel where I stayed the second night was very nice and the people were amazing. So I was very grateful. Yeah, there you go. And so, so when this is happening, what are the next steps you can take when you're in the middle of a panic situation? And remember not to overthink. <laughs> Do not believe every thought you think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's where I really started. Like after the don't panic and the control of breathing cam, I got to say that I thought, okay, I know what my problem is, that that's definitely identified. I don't have a return flight home. So what do I do to solve this problem? And I decided to go on to the airport. One thing my husband is a big advocate of is speaking to people instead of trying to solve urgent problems electronically. And so I was like, I'm going to go to the airport. It's light outside. It's not like I'm in danger and speak to a ticketing agent. And once Mm -hmm. I made the decision to act, it wasn't like the whole weight was gone, but it was so much easier to plan the next step. So definitely when you're having a crisis or a panic attack, say, what can I do to solve this? What's the first step in solving this problem? And I love that you took a physical action. I'm a huge fan of that because if we stay in our mind, uh, our mind plays tricks on us and our body feels the stress the same way if, if it was physical stress or mental stress, but you physically took an action and you made human contact with another human to help you solve this problem. I love it. Yeah. And you know what else, Cam, is I think you're right. Um, the action may end up not being as fruitful as you thought, but getting out of your mind is so helpful. Inaction is not really an option. And so it just keeps you stuck and whatever this negative thought loop is. So I agree. Taking action, even if it's a tiny step, um, if you are in a stressful situation, sometimes physically removing yourself from that stressful situation might be enough to reset your brain. 
I see this all the time in my field, working with clients. It's too scary to take a step. And so they would just rather stay stuck in their problem. And the thing is, if you just get out of inertia, a body in motion tends to stay in motion, a body at rest tends to stay in rest, Isaac Newton here. You know, if you just do something, you're at least moving. And maybe it's the wrong step, but at least you're moving. So then you can take another step. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And the inertia thing is very true, both mental and physically, mm-hmm. I think. that That's mm-hmm. a beautiful analogy. Yeah. And so also during your adventure, because <laughs> that's what we're going to call it, we'll reframe it to an adventure. You had a chance to engage with some beautiful, hospi- hospitable people. So let's talk about that. I did. And so that was another kind of thing to get me out of my panicking mind. So um I have learned how to use rideshare apps. I'm a Lyft person. And so I tried to, you know, say, okay, I I engaged the Lyft drivers in conversation. One guy had like four kids. Another guy had five kids. Um, The receptionist at the hotel was so nice. Like these people were so nice. And just hearing other people's story because some, you know, some people have it a lot harder than I do. Just hearing their story, good and bad, was such a relief. It was human contact that let me know I wasn't alone. Even though this was a strange city, people were so receptive. And I actually told them, I was like, oh my gosh, I've, I, I, my flight's canceled. Like, I don't know what to do. And they were just super nice. So that human contact made a big difference. And I also think when you're meeting people in a situ all the time, I think everyone's a teacher to you um, and they're mirroring what you need to know. And so in those conversations, there is a lesson in there somewhere and you may not know it in the moment, but I just feel like everyone's our teacher. Everyone's our mirror when we need them. I agree. And I, I'm curious to know your opinion on this. If you're traveling alone in a strange city or just whatever, um, are you pretty open to talking with strangers? Do you have any kind of fear like they're going to harm me or anything like that? Are you are you like basically think everybody's basically good and it's going to be fine if you trust somebody? Basically good. And I definitely agree. Engaging like in the Uber or the Lyft driver, that's more a secure place. I don't know if I would talk to someone randomly on the street, but if I was sitting at the bar and having dinner by myself, totally. Um, that would be more trusting. Like, I, you know, I, I feel like I need an anchor. So the anchor would be the ride or the dinner or something. How about you? I agree with you, but that's a learned response for me. I kind of mm-hmm. grew up, you know, stranger danger kind of thing. And I've had to teach myself that people are basically good. And I'm so glad you said dinner at the bar because in the first leg of my trip, the outgoing flight, I had a layover. And I talked to this 21-year-old kid who had just drove his sister like three states over to start a new life and he was flying home. And so little things like that, just seeing humanity and encouraging others and letting, letting them support you. It's just, I have found it extremely uplifting and there has been no harm whatsoever. I mean, I try to tell myself like the Uber, the Lyft, the taxi drivers, whoever we put our safety in their hands, they're safeguards. And as long as we're very cognizant and intentional and research kind of the methods we're using, I think it's generally safe to do those things. Totally. And I remember not too long ago when you first experienced your first lift and, and you downloaded the app and got that all figured out. And now yeah. look at you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. cra- like literally, Cam, that was less than a year ago. Right, absolutely. So, yeah. so it is a learning experience. So gals, even us old dogs can learn new tricks. 
Yeah, I saw a sign. We were driving in northern Kentucky today after church, and I saw a sign. And it's like, you're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too dead. You know, it was like a whole thing. And it was actually a sign to learn how to play an instrument. But it totally applies to this. You know, <laughs> get rid of your excuses and just jump into life. Right, exactly. And the last thing I did on that particular day, Cam, is um, I treated myself to dinner. Like I got to the hotel, the hotel had a restaurant, thank goodness. And I dropped my stuff in my room, went downstairs and just really just sat there and enjoyed the view. And they had like jazz music playing and I had a glass of wine with the dinner. And it was just, I just felt nothing but gratitude in that moment. Yeah. And I remember receiving a text from you that night and you were going to order yourself a beautiful piece of cheesecake and head to your room. I totally did. I did all of that. And every Mm -hmm. bite was delicious. I don't regret it. I ate it like the dairy and the sugar and all the things. I was like, you know what? This is fine. This is a beautiful thing and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's off the plate joy. You're taking care of yourself in a different way. I mean, we're not talking about the physical ingredients, but just taking nurturing yourself in a new way. That's all. (laughs) Yeah, it was really good. It was delicious and amazing. And I just felt so proud of myself. Honestly, I just thought, you know, this is such a milestone. And I don't know if some of our listeners might be facing some milestones as we're getting older. And, you know, we we're not shuttling children and, and we're venturing out on our own. I hope this is inspirational to try something new and not get upset when it doesn't go correctly. Yeah. And who said, like, we put these regulations on our life or standards, like who says it's supposed to go a certain way? (laughs) Like expectations are truly a big disappointment most times. (laughs) So just flow with it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do something like travel, we know cognitively that the travel industry right now is in a little bit of upheaval. So, you know, just learning to accept the ups and downs and uncertainties. And I don't know about you, but uncertainty is a very stressful and anxiety producing idea to me, Mm -hmm. but I am learning more and more. And again, going back to what we said about, um, you know, just trusting in God and the universe and and reflect on what's has gone right. It's just, I can't tell you what a relief it is. It's just amazing. I remember my father told me this quote back in 1994, the only constant in life is change. (laughs) So Yeah. So just kind of carry that with you in your pocket. And, you know, when something happens and it's not the way you planned or expected, you know, oh, well, it's just the way that just the way it works. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I mean, Mm -hmm. just reminding ourselves that no matter how bad things seem, there's still things to be thankful for and there's still blessings in your life. I mean, I know there are a lot of people that have experienced true tragedy and grief and suffering. I I do understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, But anytime you can reframe it to pick out those tiny bits of gratitude for anything during the day is so important to keep a positive outlook on life. Yeah, if I could say the two things would be gratitude and self-awareness. Those are like your guardrails, if you will, through midlife. If you're finding gratitude for what is instead of being stuck in the past of what used to happen. And then also being self-aware of yourself. Like, I feel great. This is great. I'm honoring myself, my energy, my boundaries. Or no, this isn't for me. Like, those are your guardrails in midlife. And then you're good to go. (laughs) Yeah, I do love the fact that that, that you said guardrails because it does really feel like that when you have appropriate boundaries 
boundaries. And, you know, mm-hmm. even though sometimes when we, well, a lot of times when I get in a panic, I feel like I'm stuck. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't have options. But that's one of the things about not panicking and controlling breathing is there are always options. So what are your options? So for instance, actually in my flight debacle, the second leg of the flight was canceled. So I could get from the city I was in to Washington, D.C., and then I couldn't get home. Well, I was supposed to get into Washington, D.C. at after 9 p.m. And I thought, okay, I do not want to be there by myself at night. So Mm -hmm. my options would have been to get on the first leg and go and just kind of trust that I was going to get home somehow. But I thought, no, I'm going to be intentional about this. And I went and talked to the ticketing agent and she rebooked the entire trip for the following day, which was a better option. So when, when, when our mind is spinning, sometimes we don't see the options, but you got to take a step back and say, what are the options? What is my best choice out of a crappy situation? Yeah. And I love what you chose, Um, you know, not being afraid to ask for help. And then she advised you and I like that choice better for you too. (laughs) I don't want you to be in DC at 9 p.m. by yourself. No, exactly. (laughs) Because I would have been able, I would have had to find a hotel and at least I Mm -hmm. knew the city I was in. So, you know, I love it, you know, talking about asking for help. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we don't want to appear vulnerable and asking for help is definitely a sign that we are vulnerable in that moment. But there are definitely times and places where that is an absolute necessity and asking Mm -hmm. for help is just makes things so much easier. Right. And there's no need for embarrassment or shame There's where you're in the middle of a quote unquote crisis. So you're gathering information and you're letting it settle and you're making decisions. And there's no reason to be embarrassed or shameful about what's happening. Absolutely. And since I was on a work trip, this incurred some extra costs for my company. And so the the default feeling I had was, oh my gosh, I hate that this is costing money. And that that could be interpreted as embarrassing, but I had mm-hmm. to be safe. And even my boss was like, you be safe. We'll worry about the rest later. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that sometimes we do feel like we're imposing on people when we're in a crisis or we're asking for help. And I can't, I think nine out of 10 people, maybe nine and three quarter out of 10 people are willing and want to help you. And they Mm -hmm. are so glad when you do ask for help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like that. And if it's an emergency and there's extra costs, you know, that can be sorted out later. You're absolutely right. Your safety and is more important than money. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's more important than money. I think it takes a long time to figure that out. It does. Yeah. We don't need things in our life. I would, I was telling my husband this, like I work out for adventures. Like I exercise because I want to go do adventures. And that's how I feel about money too. Money allows adventures. And that is, I don't want things. We already have too much stuff in the house, like declutter, but it's all about adventures. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's a very common shift in mindset these days, Mm -hmm. Cam. And I think I've seen it so much with my friends. They're downsizing their homes and they're realizing that life is an experience. It's not the stuff you have. It is an experience. And I think it's beautiful. And I actually think our kids' generation are much better at recognizing that from early adulthood, whereas we're trying to like reframe some of the things that we thought were valuable. And now we're like, why do we even think that? Yeah, it reminds me, I I shared this before, we were hiking in Boulder, Colorado at the Flatirons and overheard these two young people and they were climbing at the same time as us. And 
one person quit their well-paying job because they absolutely could not stand it. And they took a lesser paying job because they enjoyed it. And I was like, I don't know if we would have done that. <laughs> like if you have a job, your responsibility, like you can't quit, you can't change, you can't pivot. And they're like, nope, I'm here for the adventure. <laughs> so Yeah. And I think happier people are better at all of their roles, whether it's employee or daughter or spouse or friend, when you're mm-hmm. happier, um, and have those healthy boundaries. I think you're you just function better in those roles. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you. Yeah, totally agree. I love this next part of our notes here. Once you have a plan and you feel nice and safe, make sure you have a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, and I, I literally told my boss that because we're like texting back and forth. I have to uh-huh. use our company's travel plan to book flight and hotel. And when I got stuck, I was like, well, I'm going to pick a hotel from the travel plan and I need you to approve this. And Mm -hmm. he was like, okay. So once that was done and I called the hotel and said, Hey, my company travel department just booked this. Do I have a room? And she was like, Oh yeah, sure. And I texted my boss. I was like, Hey, I'm taking a lift back and I'm totally having a glass of wine. And he's like, (laughs) you should, you should. So, you know, whether, whatever, you know, or had cheesecake too. So I had a couple Uh of guilty pleasures, whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever, to help you relax and settle. Maybe it's a delicious cup of coffee or an herbal tea or whatever it is for you to seal that gratitude and be like, okay, I have a plan. I've done well. And just kind of almost like a mini celebration for yourself. Yeah. You literally pivoted in the middle of a foreign state. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I did it. You totally did it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. Once I got to the other hotel and had my dinner and my glass of wine, it was just like, a completely, I was a completely different person. Yeah, right. And then did the travel home the next day? How did that go? Because I don't know that. (laughs) Yeah, it actually went fine. I mean, I got to the, I scheduled my lift for, because my flight, my leaving flight the next day was very early. So I scheduled my lift in the evening before. Um, The lift driver came and she was actually early. I got to the airport in plenty of time. I had a hefty layover, which I knew. So that wasn't anything, but I was able to get home um, and it was fine. Like, you know, it was exhausting because it was a long day, but I mean, that's just the way travel is, right? So it Mm -hmm. went off without a hitch. I did not have a single issue. That's, that's good news. Yeah. And you know, one more thing when you're in the middle of a storm, just remember what your minimums are. Um, I learned this from Jessica Leck, one of my coaching friends who lives in Indianapolis, owns a gym there. And your minimums are like things that keep you grounded and moving forward with your health and wellness journey. So Amelia, what are some of your minimums? I know one I can think of. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I, I hope I say what you think it is. So, <laughs> um, and here's another thing, Cam, I didn't plan to stay an extra night. Oh so, yeah, like, clothes, I take, underwear. Yeah. Well, <laughs> lucky for me, lucky for me, I had taken an extra set of clothes. I'm okay. like, thank goodness. Uh-huh. But I take magnesium at night and I only took enough for one night. So, uh-huh. you know, part of my minimum, I couldn't, I mean, and I didn't dash out to any kind of health food store. I was like, no, it'll just be fine without it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I did walk, um, moving my body is a minimum for me. So, you know, where I could walk, I did, um, mm-hmm. the magnesium and I just really settled in, in the evening to try to get a good night's rest so that my sleep wouldn't be disrupted. Yeah. Sleep was what I was going to say for you. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't have the magnesium as kind of that like decompression uh-huh. that that's kind of my signal. It might be psychosomatic that I'm like, okay, I'm having my magnesium now. And so I'm going to relax. So, but I did, I found this awesome show on animal planet about like animal babies and all uh-huh. baby things are cute. So like right? that was awesome. Yeah. 
Good. That's good. So it no, was wait, good. wait, the baby animals cam got my, is it oxytocin? That's like the yeah. nurturing. Yeah. <laughs> I totally think it got my oxytocin going. So that yeah. was fun. There you go. But so you slept all right without magnesium is what you're telling us. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was like, I woke up at like two 30 cause I knew I had to get up at like four 30, but mm-hmm. overall, yeah, I was just completely at ease. Great. That's great. I would say movement and sleep um, are on my minimums as well. And then hydration. I always feel uh, yes. a little little crummy when I don't have hydration. I this, this last week, I was bitten by a tick. Well, I think he bit me. I'm not sure. I found him on my shoulder like Monday night, which in the bed. <laughs> That's not uh. a good thing. Yeah. So Monday night, I slept like poo because I was itching all night because I thought anyway. Um but I noticed I had like a little headache all week. So I was like, am mm. I hydrated or is it because of the tick? And then I'm on Google yesterday looking at, cause I had a weird rash on my cheek, which is gone. Um, but I'm fine, but I'm like, is it my hydration? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Always good to ask those questions. Uh huh. Yeah. Was it just, I needed more water and it wasn't the tick, but you just, you know, had to calm myself on that one. <laughs> well, you know, that in itself can, that's a micro example of exactly what we're talking about. So something has happened out of the normal and you had to Mm -hmm. pivot to think, I'm not feeling my best. So what is it? What's the next step? What action can I take? And you, and you did exactly what I did on a different scale. Yeah. I've not, I've never had a headache, like a low grade headache for days like that. I don't even have headaches anymore now that I've cleaned out my stuff, but yeah, exactly. That's it. I love that you were walking too. Um, I know when we were traveling, I don't know, last December, we were walking, we got stuck in Atlanta for a while, long layover, and we just walked the tunnels in Atlanta Mm -hmm. airport. So movement can happen anywhere. So make it make, take advantage of it. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And when I do travel, like for instance, the first night I stayed right across the street from a vegan place, it had fresh pressed juices and some amazing food. And so I was able to fuel my body. And that's a default for me. I don't even know if I'd call it a minimum because it's so much part of my mindset is to make sure I'm staying or have access to healthy food when I'm traveling. I mean, I look up those places before I leave town. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even like I had to search for it. And then, um, you know, I did a little, I tried to stay close to from the hotel to the meeting place and I was going to walk, but it was pouring rain on Wednesday morning. I ended up taking a lift, but little things like that just built built into the quote routine. It's not really routine, but the habits when you travel or you think you're going to be in a different place was really helpful. It kind of decreased that level of anxiety. Yeah. I noticed that about myself. I used to be like, when you go on vacation, that means your diet goes on vacation too. I remember thinking that and I, I don't want that anymore. I know what it feels like to feel good. And, uh, if I go off the rails and just eat like whatever, when I'm gone, then I don't feel my best. And that's really not the purpose. (laughs) No, I agree with you. It's just like, I mean, cheesecake isn't in my normal rotation, but it was really good. So, you know, when I'm with the kids or the whole family, someone always gets French fries and I absolutely love French fries. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'll eat them. I mean, and Mm -hmm. not feel guilty about it, but I don't eat the cheeseburger, the French fries and the milkshake day after day, because I just feel like crap and Mm -hmm. it might taste good, but I got to be honest with you, Cam, after a few bites, I don't even think it tastes good to me anymore. That's how I am with French fries. Cause if someone has French fries at the table, I'm going to taste them, (laughs) but but they have to be worth it. Like worth it, meaning they have to taste really like satisfying to me or else. Nope. Sorry. Yeah. I feel that way about donuts. I used to love (laughs) donuts. Um, and now I'm just like, just the thought of that much sugar makes my stomach hurt. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not tempted by donuts. 
Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's it funny. is really, it is really interesting. So today's episode was all about pivoting when stuff happens. And in midlife, you know, you have the ability, you have the guardrails we talked about to make decisions and pivots in your life. Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at midlife.mamas. For all of our other contact info, check out the show description below, and we will talk to you next week.